Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm sure most people have some knowledge of going home drunk at night. Although nowadays it's much, much less popular than it was. It's less, what would I say, usual than it was uh, to see people staggering home simply because it's too dangerous. But I remember it very, very well. People going home at night uh, and, well... (laughs) How would I say, getting home at night because there were so few cars on the road but the law was still against it. You still were not allowed to serve drink after a certain hour to people and the people drinking at that hour, well, there was such thing as bona fide travellers or or as they was called bona fide travellers. Now, you had to be a certain length from a pub, pub, and then and the next pub to be served, legally. No, that didn't stop people from taking the shortcut, of course. But uh, what the what the police used to do, the RIC, of course, was that was the time. They had what was known as Gunther's links, a chain to measure around by the road to see was there a certain distance between what you had travelled between one pub and the next pub, just to make sure that you were within the law. Now, wouldn't you say I hadn't a little to be doing with that time? 
And of course, that was a time when crime was very, very low in the country. But if it was found that you were within the limit, you could be charged and arrested. So that was bona fide travellers. That was another aspect of the law on the road at the time. If you were a bona fide traveller, you were fine. You could be drinking uh, peacefully in the next pub. But if you weren't a bona fide traveller, you could be brought up for breaking the law, breaking the drinking laws. Now, there was more th than that, of course. There was... Uh, there was... Uh, the, the next thing was... Th that I'll deal with, if I may, is the folklore of roads. Things met on the roads at night. Ghosts, for example. You might be walking along the road at night, going about your business, going home. And all of a sudden, uh, something might join you. A person, for example, walk out a gap and join you. And uh, you might say, as you would, as we're all Irish, uh, say hello in a very friendly manner to them, salute them, no reply. And uh, that it put you thinking, what's wrong with this person? Now you'd first of all say, is he deaf? You, you know, as I would, as you would, you'd go through the possibilities, is the man drunk or is the woman drunk or what else? you try that three or four times and if you were getting no reply you begin to think hold on a minute now there's something wrong here and more especially if it was a moonlit night and you could see the person clearly and to be all the worse if the person was dressed in clothes that were of a different time we'll say a, a bowler hat if it was in recent years or knee breeches or you know if it was out of the time that we were in or buckled shoes or something and you were beginning to think oh Lord God Almighty what you know you might bless yourself superstitiously or surreptitiously or uh, I wouldn't say surreptitious superstitiously sorry wrong word but uh, if the person didn't uh, disappear or go away at that you were in trouble but you'd uh, keep talking keep talking as best you could but hoping that you might come to a stream going across the road and if you did and if the person disappeared there you might say thanks be to God almighty and then you'd know that that person was from the other world or was one of <coughs> the good people because as you know they can't pass running water now if they had passed the running water of course you weren't too badly off because well you'd, you'd know that you were reasonably safe because at least you'd know it wasn't from the other world it might be somebody trying to trick you have a ha ha laugh because there was people long ago too having the bitter joke you know there was always those kind of people there especially if you were a person that was a bit frightenable we'll say there was always those kind of people, but if the thing disappeared while there was water crossing the road, you were a lucky person because that person was from the other world or that thing was from the other world. So, I tell you, uh, the, the, uh, 
it was better we'll say as i said in the previous uh, as i said in a previous program on a podcast to carry something carry something with you that would uh, guard you against things like that on the road at night carry a scapular carry a, a, a black handled knife carry a, a, a holy medal something like that and remember, the two things didn't contradict each other, the, the black-handled knife and the scapula. Some people would say, hold on a minute, no. Something against the fairies and something holy. No, no. No, no. The two things didn't contradict each other at all in Ireland. The belief in the fairies and the belief in ghosts, no chance they didn't contradict each other at all because people believed in, in the faith and in the, the other crowd equally equally well no no better have two or three different protections if you thought you had to pass a particular place where there may be something happened where somebody met a violent death or something like that it was better be prepared always always now for example uh, another thing another thing pishogs pishogs if you found Pishogs, the sign of Pishogs in your garden, for example, if you dug up raw meat, if you found that your crops weren't flourishing, and if you dug up eggs in your garden, if you dug up some raw meat in your hay, in your haystack, what would you do with it? Well, say, a dog wouldn't put... Uh, eggs in your garden whatever about the raw meat whatever about the raw meat uh, i often heard it said oh but couldn't a dog bury raw meat in your garden maybe maybe but a dog wouldn't bury eggs in your garden that wouldn't happen to somebody put them there and we all know about pishogs my god we do uh, i have had 101 different different cases of pishog in fact i'll have a book coming out uh, on Pishogs after I have finished my next two because it's a book that needs badly to come out I'll have that ready about uh, in about a year and a half's time because so many people have asked me and I have plenty of material about it but it's a dirty filthy business but what would you do with it if so, that dirty thing if you found that in your garden and that your crops were failing and that your cattle were getting sick and that your own health was affected, what were you going to do with it? Well, I'll tell you what you do with it. You take it to a crossroads, the crossroads, the thing, and you leave it at the crossroads. Now, but, but wouldn't you be leaving the, 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 the thing to other people, the bad look? No, you would not, because the bad look, when you leave it at the crossroads, the, the piece of raw meat or the piece of of the eggs or whatever when it's left at the crossroads the badness doesn't know which way to go it doesn't know on whom to 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 be bad let's say and the badness is scattered to the four winds that's what the old people who knew about these things used to do take it to a crossroads or the other thing they used to do was take it to a stream or a river that's flowing and let it off with the water let it off with the water 
and it'll go then and it'll affect nobody I know today with all the things about pollution and everything else that doesn't sound like a, a PC thing to do but that's the way the old people used to say how to get rid of pishogs don't leave them where they are because if you know bad mindedness bad mindedness is a terrible thing and to think that anybody would do that to a neighbour I have 101 as I say examples of that but they were the two most common kinds eggs in your garden or meat in your garden or in your hay they haven't gone away remember they're still being done to this very day now another thing another thing is look at all the place names there are along roads in Ireland to show where people once lived that are long gone especially crossroad names O'Donnell's Cross Tobin's Cross uh, Linehan's Cross we'll just say for example uh, Murphy's Cross people people very often the names are, are died out and yet the names in the crossroads have stuck there a remarkable thing and speaking of crossroads isn't it awful awful strange that pubs and forges used to also be at crossroads look around you forges great wonderful places where people used to collect from the four corners of the parish into a forge and you'll find that all over Ireland and many of them now abandoned but still still people used to find a refuge on a, on, a, on a hot day in summer or on a cold day in winter because the forge and the banging of the hammer and the, the fire the blacksmith's fire it was it was a beautiful place to gather just like just like as I say the 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 um, the pub when pubs used to have people in them in the middle of a day long gone long gone nobody has pub no pubs have people in them now until the evening time everything has changed but pubs tend country pubs tended to be at crossroads in little villages too or in small towns so many so many towns had pubs at corners and very often you had at at the same crossroads you had a pub here a pub there a pub here and a pub there a remarkable thing now in many towns there would only be room for one pub at that crossroads because the business isn't there but obviously it was one time now another thing and i spoke of bridges a little while back if i'm crisscrossing back and forward let it because <laughs> don't bridges crisscross over rivers and roads crisscross over bridges i often heard it said that when the black and tans were in the country and the troubles were on the obvious thing and when the civil war of course followed that the obvious thing first of all the obvious casualty first of all was the bridge bridges were blown up and broken down in order to disrupt the activity and the mobility of 
the black and tans first of all and then the free state soldiers and the black and tans i was told they specialized in <coughs> one particular thing they weren't going to get out of their crossly tenders to fix the bridge they were going in a certain way what they used to do was they'd round up the occupants of four or five houses nearby and with the prodding of a bayonet or the butts of their rifles that's out out and get those people to fill in the stream or whatever it was if it was a small river and make them fill in the stream there and then so that they could cross that river oh many and many a time i heard that story they had no mercy the tens you filled it in, or you get a kick in the arse, or a belt of a rifle butt, or a prod of a bayonet in the backside, and you'd work there maybe all day. You wouldn't even be there to eat. And they did that, they got any man that was there, and sometimes a woman or two as well. If she was big enough, or, or fit enough looking, they'd out, they'd get them, and make them work. And no dinner, no nothing, until they had the bridge built up enough again for the crossly tender to pass. I tell you, uh, it was a risky business sometimes knocking the bridge because you put work on the locals in order to let the tens pass on their journey. If they couldn't go back, if their barracks was only maybe uh, a number of miles away, 10 or 11, 12 miles away, rather than go back and go around, you fixed up their bridge for them. That was that. So, now... The next thing I'd like to talk about uh, to do with roads is uh, it's <coughs> maybe a little bit stranger. The public road, put that in inverted commas, where it happens in folklore also, it belonged to nobody and it belonged to everybody. There are many stories in folklore that if you were benighted if you at night went astray for example if you were coming home at night and if you stood on the Foydean marrow wheel the stray sod uh, and of course you could be after that standing on the Foydean marrow wheel you could be walking around like a fool for the rest of the night not knowing where you were and if by any hope you could maybe you saw a light somewhere and if you could in terror and in terror because i've heard of men who, who they knew where they were but they couldn't get out we'll say of a small field knowing where they were but they had stood on the stray sod and they told me if if they could only find the public road they were fine they were fine once you could find the public road you were safe now a man told me that he was coming home one night from a game of cards and he, he, he looked back and he saw this beautiful, beautiful house. It was like a landlord's house. Uh, and he, he knew there was no house there. He had been crossing that way for years and years and years, playing cards in the house he had been playing cards in. No, brave man brave man. Yes, he said, I must have a look at this. It was a lovely moonlit night. So, thank God he went back. There was lights 
lights, lights in the windows, three stories high, beautiful house. The door was open. Now he was cautious, he was very cautious. And, uh, will I, will I go in? Now the door was open, obviously they were expecting somebody. So he went to the door and peeped in. Not a sound, not a sound. So he edged his way into the hallway and he saw ahead of him there were three or four doors on the left and three and four doors on the right and a big staircase at the end of the hallway, beautiful staircase like you'd expect to see in a landlord's place. Thank God, he says. Didn't often I get a chance of having a look at a place like this. So he had been in 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 landlords' uh, domains, hunting rabbits and that, but he was never inside in one of the big houses. Thank God, he says, I'll chance it. He went in, now carefully, carefully, in case anyone would show up, inside or outside, he'd leg it. He'd go quick if he had any noise. And he looked in at the first door, it was open on the left. Beautiful room, but no one there. And the same on the right. Door was open, no one. Lovely furniture on the right, and the same at the second door on the left. The same at the second door on the right. Third door on the left. Third door on the right. Oh, oh, oh. third door on the right. Good God, it looked like they were expecting. Huh? A feast, because there were the tables laid out like you'd see at a wedding. Tablecloths, beautiful food. Oh, God, Lord, he never saw the like of it. And he was just about to reach out and maybe... When he thought of something, something he had heard somewhere, don't touch. If you touch anything, any food... In a fairy place, whatever put the word fairy into his mind, if you touch anything in a fairy place, you'll never come out of it. So by God, he says, I'd better get out of here. And he did. Out he went. Out as quick as he could, before they might come back or come wherever they were coming from. And he legged it, legged it out across the field and headed for the public road and made it. And once he was on the public road, he looked back. Nothing. There was the field under the moonlight. Nothing. By the Lord God, he says, was I dreaming? But he knew he wasn't dreaming because he could see what he had seen. All the stuff on the tables. All the stuff in the various rooms. By God, anyway, he headed for home. And the following day, he called to one of the houses near him, and there was an old man living there. Oh, he went back, first of all, to check where he had seen it, but there was nothing there, nothing. The field was empty. And anyway, he knew, because he had been in that field a hundred times, crossing that way at night. And he asked the old man, he said, tell me, did you ever see a house there in that field? And the man asked him, why, why do you ask, he said. And he told him. Yes, he said, you must have a drop tucked last night. <laughs> no, he said, 
while they drank was tea, we were down playing cards, and he named the house. No, he says, there was never anything there, or I never heard a story about anything being there, and I got he says, I'm here for the last 75 years, and surely be to God, I'd have heard some story if there was a house there. All right, he says, all right, he says. So be God, that's what he told me. But he says, I saw a house there in that field, and one day, look, he says, to come out of it when I did. So, to make the public road at night, you're a safe man, or woman for that matter. So, you are always, you are always safe, or not just on the public road, but between high tide and low tide also, where nobody owns. Nobody owns between high tide and low tide, and a story about that which is historically true in the bad times, when landlords were, not all of them, but some of them, they ruled people's lives. And back in West Clare, Father Meehan, the famous Father Meehan, he couldn't get a place to build a church from the local landlord back there in Moveen way back in Mo the little place, village of Moveen. And it wasn't much to ask the site of a church. But at last, this is only the beginning of the 19th century, at last he struck on a, a plan. What would he do? <laughs> Didn't he build a little church on wheels that he could say Mass and give communion to the people at low tide? And that's what succeeded, and when the landlord saw that he was bait, <laughs> what could he do except give the sight? Meanness, pure meanness. And that little, the little ark, it is called today, you'll see it inside in Moveen Church, a tiny little, a little chapel on wheels, it is worth seeing. Tiny, tiny little, little church on wheels, the little act is called, go back sometime you're in West Clare when all our present troubles are over and you'll see it in Moveen Chapel. So it's uh, it's it's worth uh, considering these things and I should say that there are so many of them uh, such as the Butter Road, the Butter Road on the, on the way to Cork. I, I remember where I come from in Kerry uh, hearing from old people about the butter road where people used to take their firkins of butter over the the, the, the horse, one on each side, uh, when they had no other income and a dangerous, dangerous road it was. Oh, it took them two and two and a half days to get to the cork market with their butter and slavery, pure slavery and when they'd get there uh, they get paid, you know, the butter would be augured, drilled, drilled down through it, and if the butter was of a certain quality, they'd get paid according to the quality. And that was fine, and then they had a two and a half a day uh, journey home with their little bit of money. But the danger was, when they'd be coming up by Nad, and that'll tell you the, the name of the, the place, how high the place was, Nad, uh, is it still there, look at the map, but when they'd be coming back that way, highwaymen, to rob them of their little bit of money, a dangerous, dangerous road was the Butter Road uh, to Cork Market. And look at, look at for example, uh, fairy paths. 
I'm not sure, Lord, we could do another. We could do another uh, program on this. Uh, fairy paths were harmless, utterly harmless, until, until, you were cautioned about them. You could, you could, do what you like with a fairy path until you were told it was there. It was then you were in danger. If you built a house on a fairy path and meant no harm, no problem. But if you built a house on a fairy path knowing it was there, tough on you. You would have no peace in that house. And of course there was a way of finding out whether uh, there was a fairy path there or not. And I'll tell people about that another time. And fairy paths ran in a straight line between fort and fort. And an old man told me one time that as well as being overground, fairy paths were sometimes underground. And sometimes the fairies came up, up, overground, and then went back down again. And why did they come up? Huh? They came up to have their contests, their fairy huddling matches or football matches between one group and another. And if you happen to be in the place, if there happened to be a human being in the place where they came up, then you'd be asked to join them in their game. Because remember, the fairies always need one human being to join them in whatever they're doing, be it a hurling match, football match, a dance, playing music, doing whatever they're doing, because they're like us in so many ways, but they always need a human being to do whatever they're doing, and if you're the one they choose, you better do it. If you do it willingly, you'll be rewarded. If you don't, bye-bye to you. You will be punished. Remember, they used to say, the Christian Ring, the wonderful hurler that he was, and Mick Mackey, and other ones like that, Mick O'Connell and these, they used to be saying, half-jokingly, oh yes, he was in the fairies. How could he be so skilful? Uh, uh, he must have been in the fairies, because they stood out among that generation as being so phenomenal uh, at their, at their, I was going to say at their trade, but yes, at their trade, they were so wonderful as sportsmen. They must have been, they must have been in the fairies. That was what people used to say about them. Where else would they get such wonderful skills that they had? But if you didn't oblige the fairies when they asked you, then there were terrible punishments that they could inflict on you. And the other side of that is soccer and rugby were never mentioned when the fairies <laughs> came into the picture because, of course, those games weren't there at all at that time. They were only imports. And finally, I should mention, of course, that there were funeral paths. Those kind of roads existed also. And if you blocked a funeral path, remember, a funeral path was a path that had been there for generations out of mind from the time that funerals used to go across the land where coffins were carried on people's shoulders and I suppose before coffins when people were wrapped up in a cloth just and carried on people's shoulders by the near way to the graveyard across fields if you happen to block up one of those paths well then woe betide you I know one of those funeral paths still in Ennis and fair dues to all the builders, they have left that funeral path clear. It has not been built on. 
which is a good thing it's a very good thing and you'd hate to think that those things would not be respected because they are part of our heritage in all their manifestations be the roads be the paths be the fairy paths be the wherever human beings wherever people of this world of the other world of the next world or whatever have traveled those places i think they should be respected because a day will come remember when even the motorways will seem outlandish and people will look back and say lord aren't they old-fashioned too because perhaps a day will come when like the star wars thing it'll be a case of beam me up scotty and roads will no longer be even needed and with that good night and thank you for listening we're on the wrong road, maybe the wrong road, the right road, the road to God knows where. <laughs>